0: My name is Cornelius, I live in Brighton in England, I'm, well, I'm a little older than you probably think, I'm, I'm slightly taller than I sound, and at the moment- what are they following? I don't know. And at the moment, I'm in trouble, deep trouble. What's that,
1: burning. He can take care of himself.
2: Oh, oh, oh God.
0: I've realised I'm being followed.
2: You weren't tailed, were you?
0: I'm being monitored, tracked. Well. There's a bit of a fat security guard who keeps eyeing me up. Ah, uh, that's to be expected. What's more, someone or some people are taking pictures of my life and are loading them up onto the internet for everyone to see, like, they want to keep some kind of record. I'm completely and utterly the wrong person for this to be happening to... You know
3: what you have to do. You are not going home. Is that a
0: real gun? I've never seen a real gun before. So, let's start again.
4: Yes. Something's very wrong, very, very wrong.
0: I'm lying in a car park clutching a picture of my girlfriend's estranged sister, my ankle is busted, my friend is dead, I've got a hangover, I'm tired, dirty.
4: Cornelius, get out, now!
0: And my only hope in all this is a man so divorced from reality that his nickname is Bullshit Barney.
4: Run! Run!
0: Understood? Good.
4: Get out!
0: Let's begin.
5: And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, and hope you enjoyed that clip from The Flickerman, a new series that treads the line between reality and fantasy, the story listener and the storyteller. What do we mean by that? Well, let's cut to the chase. Um, I got to talk to to Lance Dan, the man who is behind the whole series, a man who will not admit that this thing is fiction or not. Um, Well, let's just let him tell it in his own words. Um, Over from England, let's hear from Lance Dan of The Flickerman. Um, All right, uh, well, the guest today is Lance Dan. Um, He's got some sort of involvement with this thing called the Flickerman Project, and and unless I try to really describe it, this thing kind of defies description. Um, It's had some interesting press, but maybe, Lance, uh, you can take it from there. What is Flickerman all about?
6: Well, I know, well, I knew this guy called Cornelius St. Gray, and uh, he was someone I had some, it was like an acquaintance When you kind of meet at parties and things. There's a lot of bar- par- parties in Brighton, in England where I come from, and there was all those figures there. And I kind of knew he was like a would-be DJ and kind of had his thing for sound and music. But he wasn't one until I knew greatly, and then I kind of heard over, um, right about winter, he and his girlfriend had kind of gone missing
3: yeah. and had
6: sort of gone, gone away. Um, and round about, no, I'd say late November last year, just before Christmas, I got a bundle of tapes from him. Well, I, I, I say tapes, that shows how long I've been doing this. It, it was like recordings, it was MP3s, it was CDs, it was, it was bits and pieces, and there was bits of text. And basically, he kind of had recorded what had been happening to him in the uh, last few weeks. And. He knew I'd worked in radio, he kind of knew my background, We sort of chatted about it. He'd always been like, oh, yeah, you've got to get me into the radio station. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's that kind of thing that he kind of sent me this material, and I thought, you know, what's this nonsense? And I sort of started poking through it, and I kind of realized there was a real story there. Hmm. And he had something to tell, and the, um, you know, a remarkable sequence of events that had happened to him. And I got in contact with him and said, you know, how much of this is real? And he's like, this is all actually happening. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know, because, um, you know, there's, there's just stuff about him kind of meeting, being had up at gunpoint, about his government going missing, about fights. And, you know, there's, it's, it's just, it, it was just an extraordinary tale. Um, and this was kind of going back and forth between us, you know, this sort of communication. And I just figured that I wanted to put it together and tell a story with it. And at that, juncture, I didn't care whether it was real or not. So I started to produce it. I, so I turned it into, you know, three episodes of entertainment.
5: Crazy. Um, so, so you 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 think this is all real? This all this all really happened? Uh, what we're hearing at the uh, the Flickrman website?
6: Okay. If you go to the website, you have got the story. I mean, I mean, I, I I got him to tell the, the the story, and I don't think he knew quite how much I'd dress it up because I, my background is in. I mean, I've done a lot of work for the BBC, and I've kind of done a lot of. Um, kind of quite uh, experimental radio and theater work and things like that. So I got that kind of background and I kind of dressed his story up and I have made it into this kind of big drama and he's not too happy about it. I mean, the guy, is, he's, um, he's currently um, hiding out in a caravan somewhere. He's not even telling me where. Uh, and he isn't happy with the fact that I've turned this into some big entertainment because he wanted a way of just sort of expressing to what had happened to the world. That he's just like walking home from this party and begins to encounter these, um, and it it, it was like last Halloween and begins to encounter these very strange people and um, his friend got killed, this guy called Josh, who I personally had never met, uh, and then sort of gets sort of sucked into this sort of what he saw as a conspiracy. And the interesting thing is, okay, this I basically took to be uh, some sort of fantasy gone into it, had a breakdown, gone away, and has sent me some strange tapes, and I was making an interesting piece. But then, and this is the interesting thing about the Flickr man, is you're listening to it, and he's talking about all these images that are on the internet, uh, particularly on the, on the um, uh, site um, Flickr. So he's, he's, he's sort of saying to him, I'm being followed, I'm being photographed, all this is this conspiracy is going on. People are taking these pictures, and he starts giving me the details of these pictures, typing this picture name into Flickr, Brighton P., Type in this, this one, um, Jewel in the Sun, Now Becoming Shade. All these sort of names of these photographs. And you put them in and you find them. And those aren't pictures that he's put up. These are real people's pictures. And he's always like, you know, he's in the back of some of them. Some of them I recognize from Brighton. Some of them I don't think are Brighton. And that's where it's getting clouded because I don't know what is real and what isn't. These are real people's pictures that he's putting together. And he's even making a story out of it. Or there's something
5: going on. Wait, wait so you're telling me there's, there's a third element here. Now, it's not just you telling uh, Cornelius' story, but there's this whole other element with these pictures that uh, are not Cornelius's out there. Someone someone else is taking these pictures. Look, these are real
6: people's pictures. You right. can poke around their pictures on, on Flickr. You can, anyone can sit there and listen to the Flickr man. And Cornelius is just leading you through this um, kind of dance sort of world of conspiracy and surveillance and things like that and you can you can just see the pictures you can see where he's going and they're 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 not just like someone's loaded up one picture they're just in the middle of people's normal pictures and and, and the great thing about it and what i kind of really enjoyed it about it as, as a story was that there's a thing about the internet that anyone can sit at home and listen to it, and we've all got access to the same pictures at the same time. That's, that's, that's the, um, the great glory of the Internet, and that's what I think, what he's hit on there, whether it be true or not, is that sense that you can all just sit there, and you can follow his story no matter where you are. And I've kind of, I kind of, this is my kind of director thing, my kind of producer thing, so I, turned, I said, okay, not everyone can get on the Internet, so I've kind of got him to explain what the pictures are, and to tell it so you can actually listen to it, you know, in your car or on the plane or something like that. You don't have to be on, online, and a lot of people have. Um, so it kind of works without the access to the pictures. But once you start digging around those pictures, that's where it's going kind to of get shady. Right. So, um, so
5: right. Right. So either this guy, uh, this is all true, and, and he's I guess being chased for this weird conspiracy, or he's bloody crackers, or or, or reporting on a hoax, or, or, or what do you think's going on here?
6: Okay. There's, there's, there's okay. I, it's not. It can't be all true. Um, okay, 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 I can believe there might have been a fight in the cafe, and I've got a recording of a fight in the cafe.
0: You have to explain what's happening,
4: Cornelius. Something's very wrong, very, very wrong. You shouldn't have this. You can't have this.
0: I look at her, and there is fear in her eyes, fear and confused panic. All the calm, all the knowing control, has gone.
4: Cornelius, get out now. Run. RUN! GET OUT!
0: And then, and then everything started to happen very slowly. I stand. Lucinda screams again. RUN! RUN! And she pulls me. She pulls me out of my seat and throws me towards the door. I look back. Barney and Travis are standing as well. They're staring at me. And everyone else in the restaurant is standing, at once. A hand had reached on my jacket and it closes on my collar and I swipe it away. And I feel another hand grabbing for my throat, and I turn its a woman. A smartly dressed Chinese woman trying to stop me, trying to stop me leaving. A man has thrown himself at Lucinda, grabbing her mouth and pushing her to the floor. Barney is standing, and hands are grabbing at him. And Travis is fighting, wildly, like an animal, biting and thrashing. There's blood in the air. Glass smashes. I'm running for the door. Travis is beside me, and there's a look in his eyes, a wildness, and I'm frightened of him. Knees grab at me, pulling me into the room. But then two huge palms push us out of the door and slam us into the street. Barney is filling the door.
3: Go, go, go! go.
0: He's bracing himself on the frame, facing us. Three, no, no, four Chinese men cling to him, pulling at him, climbing us back, trying to bring him down. No, get out of here. And we're running. Travis and I are running, arms, legs pumping hard, breathing, dodging and running like wind across the steam, past the pavilion, through the tourists, across town. I look behind once and see Barney roaring in defiance as he's pulled over into a mass of arms and legs. We run and we run and we run. Type in the following. Studies in flight. Okay? Just, just type it in. Right.
6: So the explosion then, the town, the church in the central town did not blow up on uh, November the 2nd. I know that. Okay, so, so therefore the, that is not true the the whatever he put in there was was, was was untrue. But then other things, I mean he has gone missing. His girlfriend has gone missing too with him. Uh Cornelius was an actual person who you'd see bumbling around. You can go online and um he sort of built this website. You can see his 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 old blog is online from when he was a gardener come DJ, which is a very bright thing to do. Uh, you know, you want to be a DJ, but you're actually a gardener. Um, and he's got his gardening DJ website. You can go you can go back into that, and you can find that all, all, all there. You can trace, and some of the things in his stories, you know, did happen. I mean, you, you, you know, these are real events, and some of them didn't happen. And it's that, that, that whole shift of, like, and what is he imagining, what is he not uh, imagining? Um, is he having some kind of breakdown? Is he doing some big publicity scam? Um... Why is he sending it all to me? Well, because I suppose I don't know how to turn it into, into a story, you could say. But then, why is he so grumpy with me? <laughs> yeah. You know, the guy, the guy's like, because uh, like since it's happened, I've got some publicity. It's going out on um, uh, in ABC in Australia. It's going out in New York. It's um, I've got a new agent, and he's like getting pissed off at me. He's like going, "Oh great, you're doing fine out of it." He's he, even he's not happy with the the. Uh, where that the story is developing from my point of view and he's saying that he's now getting harassed again
5: uh, well uh, yeah because certainly uh, this can't be over right I mean is he still sending you tapes is there more material
6: I, are, are he you... hasn't sent me material for a while he's actually gone being, uh, quite um, quiet and what mm-hmm. happened was when um, I mean, there was a big like, there was a lot of talk and back and forth and I kind of um, I mean fundamentally I kind of thought it was a bit of a kind of a wind up or, or, or a scam or a clever art prank right. um, but then I didn't like all that stuff I was finding online that kind of pointed to some reality in it um, and then once he started to get the publicity that was a weird thing you know um, people started noticing it and then he got really annoyed and then he sort of shut down a lot of communication um, so he's gone quieter or something's going on with him at the moment right. and he's not able to tell me I mean it's when did I last hear from him? About three weeks ago now. So it's it's just a, it's, it's a very, it's making a great story. It's making a great, interesting story. Um, and I think that what I kind of suppose, what he wants people to do, what I'd like for people to do, is just look around and poke around and see if you can work out for yourselves what's happening. I mean, um, um, I've, like I say, I've got... Uh, a feeling that this is a mixture between his imagination and what's really happening to him and you know, whether he's actually having a breakdown or whether it's um art prank, I don't know. But there's there's that blending between what's real and what's going on in his imagination at the moment that I kind of find absolutely fascinating.
5: Yeah. I mean there there is certainly with with the website, um so that that's not you, right? He Cornelius actually is the one who's, who's behind this whole website thing, uh the, the Flickerman dot yeah. Yeah. So you go
6: to the right. mean, Let
5: me get down.
6: Um, um, you, you'll see that there's. Uh, let me just go to it too. Um, I mean, I made the first three episodes for him out of what he sent me. But he's loaded up a bunch of other stuff. Um, he cut a little film together with. Uh, he's actually gone missing with this guy called Travis. Uh, so they made a little film together and there's his uh, rather intermittent journal uh that's up online. Um, it's just that long. So look June the 9th was the last time he actually put an air thing thing up. But um I mean like the thing about Collis is that he was um he was sort like of the last of the slackers. Mm. I mean the guy um the guy spent a lot of time sitting around picking his toes and watching television before all this, this happened. So I can't imagine him being, you know, the amount of effort that would take to keep this thing going to dream all this up. It seems to have come from nowhere. And actually, it kind of, you know, it is a really weird thing. I mean, uh, his girlfriend Lucinda was very focused, and she kind of, you know, gave him the drive. But as an individual, I mean, charming, utterly charming guy. And I think very talented underneath it, but he wasn't doing anything with his life. So all this stuff online, I mean... um, if you go to the Flickman website and get info and links, you can see he's got Google Maps of showing where stuff has happened. And, you know, he's still up here, actually up on Facebook and there's some communication through there, what he did. He's uh, got his whole blog and things like this. So there's this whole kind of, you know, he he wants to talk to people about
5: it. Right, so so he's uh, he's hiding ostensibly in the real world, but the internet, he's certainly not doing so so good a job at hiding out, huh?
6: Well, yeah, I mean... I think this is his way of, um, if he feels he's being surveyed and followed, I think his way, he said it's his way of kicking back. It's his way of going, okay, you're going you're gonna to survey me, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everyone about it. I don't know who you are who's following him. You know, I don't know, he, he doesn't know why anyone's taken any interest in him. But he's kind of like turning the mirror back on whoever it is, I believe. And much to our advantage, whether it's his paranoia or not, because he's making great story. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing very well out of it, you know, like I said. So, you know, I put it together, and you're talking to you now, and talking to some other people, and it's kind of, um, I'm having a great time. <laughs> he's just, um, you know, uh, last thing I heard, he was in a caravan uh, yeah. with Bavis, um, in a very bad mood. And um, I think he's been beaten up a few times, and he's quite scarred by what's happened maybe um, several months and you know maybe you should
5: pull out of it and if it's an art prank it's going on for a bit long yeah I mean do you do you really think there is a, a, a conspiracy here you, you think that you said some events uh, you thought were true but what about this is is there some weird uh, Illuminati out there who go and pick on random guys from Brighton who don't have anything going on in their lives I mean what's what's so interesting about this guy that people would want to, to chase him down
6: I, mean, I think the interesting about Cornelius was the fact that um, was that he just, he did seem to have that sense of, he was really one with himself, you know? And as, and as a person, do you, do you ever know those people who, like, you look at and go, that's right, you're really talented and you're wasting your talent, but you know what? You seem to be comfortable doing it. Hmm. And that's the only thing about him. He was very together. I mean, and perhaps there's a sense in which someone's gone in and stirred him up and tried to get him to do something, you know, and wound him up. Um, and perhaps all that quietness and all that togetherness and all that kind of that was building up to this, and that was coming out. I mean, is there a huge conspiracy off, off, after him? I, I, I doubt so, because he's not exactly uh, a very important person. But is there someone messing with his mind? Uh, well, it appears to be, yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. And we're going to watch what happens as you know, he's just photographed. And let's make it clear, these photographs are up there. They're not, um, for the most part, of anything particularly dem- dramatic, you know. They're not car chases and, uh, and, and, and helicopters and jumping out of, of planes. They're just everyday life, that he's kind of, people are following him around, he says, and catching him in these little moments whilst this is all going, and, you know, and they've been capturing him whilst, I suppose, in a way, life is falling to, to, to pieces. I mean, you'd have to listen to kind of episode one, which it kind of begins in a very, you know, in in a very realistic place that we all know. You know, he's just just wandering back from a party in a bit of a state. And by the time you get to the end of episode three, um, yeah, you begin to think there's this huge organization chasing this guy down. And uh, either he's completely mad or he's telling the truth.
5: I guess we uh, are going to have to draw our own conclusion with that. Uh, Yeah, well, I I do
6: kind of hope that something else happens to him in in the near future so we can, I mean, uh, because it's sort of, it's on episode three and it's been a few months now, so I'm kind of hoping, um, without, you know, being malign here, I don't want him to get hurt, but uh, it's kind of like, I do hope that something else happens, otherwise the story will have stopped now.
5: Hmm. So so you're Uh, looking looking for that next tape to show up in your mailbox or or, or MP3 or whatever?
6: Well, I mean, kind of, or maybe I should just go down to um, uh, work out where he is. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling I know where he is, and he doesn't want, um, I think he does, you know, I know where he is in England, I think. I don't have to dig him out. But uh, if you look at the, uh, in in a the journal, there's a picture of um, that little caravan where he is. And uh, I think I can, you might be able to do some traces on that, on sector um, and so on. I think you can find the guy. Um, and then it'd be interesting to go and dig him out, and maybe com- confront him about
5: it. All right, Lance. Well, that is that that is something. We're not you know not quite sure what to make of this. But people who want to follow more uh, can go to the website theflickerman.com, dot com. dot com. Flickr uh, with an E R. However, the website Flicker Flickr without an E is where you're going to find the pictures that talk about. A uh, couple of interesting episodes. This is quite, an, uh, qu- quite a fascinating project. Again, not sure if this is real, or not real, or, or something on the edge of it is, is kind of where I sense it is. Um, Lance, thanks for, so much for your time today. Okay, all right. All right, and that was Lance Dan of The Flickr Man. Um, if you are now intrigued, you want to hear about Cornelius, a little bit more about his uh, trials and tribulations. No problem. I've got the third episode of this series queued up here. Remember, the website is theflickerman.com and stay close to flicker.com if you have a chance to hear the pictures. See the. Pi- right. Anyways, let's just get into the Flickerman. Is this on? Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let me take you back to basics because some of you are new to this and some of you might have just forgotten or lost track lost track of what's been happening you see I've realised I'm being followed I'm being monitored tracked what's more someone or some people are taking pictures of my life and are loading them up onto the internet for everyone to see like they want to keep some kind of record there's his website the website called Flickr, F-L-I-C-K-R, and people have been putting pictures of me or or what's been happening to me onto it. This site, Flickr, if you're online now, go and visit it. It's just meant to be a place where people can share their everyday photos, you know, just their little snapshots of life, random pictures of holidays, parties, kids' scenery, that kind of thing. But, but But there seems to be a thread through some of them a thread that comes from my life. Go on, if you're at home, log on to the site, flickr.com, and I'll show you. For the rest of you, well, while the others are away logging on, I'll fill you in with a few basic details. My, My name is Cornelius. I live in Brighton in England. I'm Well, I'm a little older than you probably think. I'm I'm slightly taller than I sound. And at the moment, at the moment, I'm in trouble. Deep trouble. If you're online and are looking at the front page of Flickr, then let me show you some things. Type in the following. Me as a nurse, however. Put that into the search box. The me in me as a nurse, however, is my girlfriend Lucinda. She's dressed as a nurse because she's at a fancy dress party and, well, she's blonde, attractive and smiling. Actually, you can't see all her face because part of the picture has been burnt off. How did it get burnt off? It was because it was being carried by an old friend of mine, Josh, when it was hit by a speeding motorbike the morning after the party in the photo. Why was he carrying the picture? According to Lucinda's message on the back of it, she was saying goodbye to him. Where was he going? I don't know. The bike killed him. But I'm guessing he was in some kind of trouble because a woman with a shotgun threatened me as I went home that morning and she threatened me because she thought I was Josh. What's it doing on the internet? Well, that is what I'm trying to work out. OK. Let's try another one. Um, type in sunset at Vigeland's Park. That sunset at... V-I-G-E-L-A-N-D-S Park This is a picture of me and Lucinda from behind as we walk through a park. It's from a few years back because her hair is dyed black. It was taken by a man called Andy. Who is Andy? Uh, I don't know. And I'm not likely to as he was killed when he drove a motorbike into Josh. How did I get the picture? Well... I got it when I broke into Andy's flat and found it with a stash of surveillance gear. Why did I do that? Because Barney, or Bullshit Barney as he's known due to his habit of spouting bullshit, told me he could help me find out why Josh was killed. Now type in this. Der Bagafara. Yeah, right. I'll spell that. D-E-R space B. A-G-G-E-R-F-A-H-R-E-R. This is a picture of a heavy set workman type, sat in the cab of a digger. He's smiling and is wearing an orange overall with Velo on it. So, that's what I call this character. Velo. Velo caught Barney and I when we were breaking into Andy's flat. We jumped out the back window after a bit of a scuffle. Can I make it clear, this is not normal behaviour for me. I don't usually do this sort of thing. Anyway, this happened just after I found a shaky Polaroid photo of Lucinda's sister. Lucinda's estranged sister, hidden in Andy's flat. (laughs) So let's start again. I'm lying in a car park clutching a picture of my girlfriend's estranged sister. My ankle is busted. My friend is dead, I've got a hangover, I'm tired, dirty, and my only hope in all this is a man so divorced from reality that his nickname is Bullshit Barney. Huh. Oh, and one more thing. Velo is about to attack me. He is standing over me with a smashed-out eye, and he is looking as if he's on the brink of causing me some serious harm. Understood? Good. Let's begin. Let's look at the first picture. Type in St. James Car Park. S. T. James S.T. James Car Park. St James Car Park, Brighton. There's a low grey concrete ramp curving down past a pillar that fills the right of the picture. On the wall above the ramp is painted the word slow in large yellow letters. This is the view I had between Velo's legs as he leered over me. I focused on it because I didn't like the look on his face. If you want to reconstruct this moment, you could put two fingers in an upside-down V on either side of the photo, and pretend they are Velo's legs. There, you have my view before this happened. <laughs> that is the sound of Velo grinding his boot, his heavy work boot, into my now doubly busted ankle, which caused me to scream, which in turn caused him to grin, which caused me to scream even more, which then broadened his smile further, and so on. Now at the slope of the ramp, imagine a figure running towards you. He's about six foot seven, huge girth, black leather coat streaming, a balding head with dirty dreads flowing behind him. Barney, bullshit Barney, running to my rescue. And bodies tumble and legs kicked and fists flail and the two of them twist away in a massive corpulent violence. I carry him shrink. I'm not a fighter, you see. Violence is simply not part of my makeup. Plus, I'm extremely useless at it. Okay, now Velo is on top of Barney, choking me. I try and chuck myself onto Velo, but he he brushes me away like he's been troubled by an insect. He headbutts me and my nose bleeds and I fall back and Barney is going blue and his legs are kicking and Velo is leaning over him and then, and then... A a boot arrives. A boot attached to a leg that kicks Velo in the side of the head. It is a thing of grace, that strike, at once agile, beautifully balanced and intensely violent. Velo is flung to one side, Barney lurches forward, gasping for air, and I look up at a face I do not recognise, and it is looking at me with eyes full of concern.
1: Are you all right? Travis? Hey, take it easy. Everything's going to be all right.
0: And everything was all right. We were saved by this man. But type this in. Type in Travis space D2, and you'll see him. Travis, the the man who saved us. In the photo on Flickr, he he looks young, maybe late 20s, dark hair, high cheekbones and a a prominent, sharply angled nose. As he smiles, the side of his mouth curls up and a set of oversized, mismatched teeth are revealed. His wasn't an attractive face. Not handsome, but you know, when you looked at him, you, you kind of wish you knew him. Travis, Christ
1: on a bike of all people. Travis? Hiya, Barney. You okay down there, fella? I I hit my nose. Let me see. Travis, where did you come from? Ah, it's not broken. Travis, I said, what are you doing here? Well, you told me to come here, so I came. Admittedly, I didn't expect to find you involved in some kind of brouhaha, but you know, I'm not surprised. What are you on about? I didn't tell you anything. You did. This morning, the text. Don't give me that blanky face, Barney. Look, can I suggest we get moving before
0: your man there in the orange comes around? And that was how I met Travis. He just scooped us up off the street. He saved us in that moment. No questions, no demands. Just took us into his car and drove us out of town.
2: I absolutely didn't text you.
1: Yeah, right. So what's this on my phone? There. Look. Meet me at three... St.
2: James Car Park. v important. Barney. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, there's even a picture. Yeah, the ramp in the car park. Now that, I have to admit, is what I would describe as weird. Yeah. Mm. I mean, look, I'm grateful and everything, but, but it wasn't me. It's not even my
1: number. Lots of sevens in it. <laughs> it means it's from Skype or something, doesn't it? Yeah, probably. Hmm. But face
2: it, Travis, when has old Barney ever had to turn to you for help? I mean, Barney can look after himself. (laughs) That's the rule with the Barnster. Seek nothing and expect nothing from others. Now, if you look at it like that, the chances of this text coming from me are slim to the point of possibly zero. In a mathematical sense... And
0: on he went. And as he spoke, every now and then Travis would flick a glance over his shoulder and grin, or give me a little wink that said, ''Hey, this Barney, what a character.'' ''What a character?'' He was the first person I'd ever met who didn't seem to lathe Barney. As such, Travis was perhaps his only friend. We pulled off the road and onto a dirt track. From there we came to fields. Barney perched on the bonnet of the car, perfectly balanced as we drove, occasionally having to dismount to open and close gates. You know, Cornelius,
1: I see you looking at me and wondering why I put up with the man. You're wondering that, aren't you? Well, you know, Cornelius, I'm Irish-Jewish. As such, my people have kind of learned to be not too keen on judging, you know. We've learned to accept people as they are. Now, I can see you two are in a stick of a bit of trouble. Well, I've had my own in the past, you know, and I won't ask you questions you don't want to answer. It's your business. I won't judge you. You just get along with whatever you have to do and I'll leave you to it. Here we
0: are. Okay, it didn't look much. It was broken down and wrecked. Windows boarded up along the top floor. Rusted hulks of machinery surrounding it. But you know, at that moment, at that moment, it would do. It was Travis's barn. His place. It was gonna be okay. There's a picture. It'll give you a feel for the interior. Type this into the search box. Second floor slash living room. That second floor slash living room. The house smelt like damp cardboard, mildewed and rotting. The walls were a blue green with slabs of paper peeling away from them in scrolls. Barney and I sat on a sofa at the foot of a set of narrow stairs. We sagged together, our knees rubbing, drinking mugs of stewed tea that Travis had made.
2: You all think I'm a liar, don't you? No. What makes you think that? Well, I know what you lot call me. What's that? Bullshit Barney. Hey, c- come on, where's this come from? What happened back there? We need to be honest with each other, and I wanted you to know that I know about Bullshit Barney. No, no, I mean, I mean I've heard the name before, but I wouldn't... Oh, you're... stop it, please. I can take it. Remarkable people have had to put up with the curses and mockery of others throughout history. And you're remarkable? Well, how else would you describe me?
0: Yeah, don't tempt me.
2: What other way is there to describe those whose role it is to push humanity forward, to accelerate mankind's development? Uh, So that's you, is it? Of course. That's what all this is about. That's why Josh died. At least that's my belief. That he was one of us, one who was due to take humanity to its next stage of evolution. You are
0: seriously deluded, Barney, you know that. I wouldn't lie to you. This is a time, to be honest. Uh, Barney, let's try and be straight here. You have a bit of a track record here, a bit of form. I mean, there's that, that rubbish about you working on... No, in fact, saving the whole human genome project.
2: Yes, late 90s. I was a key player back then. I helped them to develop a, a database. No, more, An entire dictionary by which to... And those Re- gigs you
0: did with the Grateful Dead?
2: Well, you know, I was lucky to work with Jerry before he died, but uh, I wasn't actually in the dead, per se. Uh,
0: being a surfing champion?
2: waikiki mm, like 88 to 92, longboard freestyle. Yeah, owning a chunk of apple. I've got shares. You know, I bought them at the right time, but it wasn't that big a bite.
0: Cupping off with Katie Puckrit. Mm,
2: yes... Well, that wasn't an exaggeration,
0: I grant you. I mean, we kissed. But but everything else is true. But, Barney, face it, you're, you're a fat Geordie. You, you weigh, what, about 20 stone? You don't even own a car and probably live with your parents for all I know, let alone all this. Barney, how can you expect people to believe these things?
2: Look, there are those among us, the exceptional people, who are destined to live exceptional lives. I am one such man. So does Josh believe that now? ''People like him stand like rocks in the tide of history, ''creating turbulence and confusion about them. ''That's how I recognised him. ''We are people out of time, not of this time. ''And we bring truths to you.'' ''That's why he had to die. ''Because of the truths he was carrying. ''And he was watching him. ''I knew that. ''And there were others, the man you met earlier, Velo. ''Their task is to tear us down, to halt us in our duty.'' Why, you ask? Well, that I do not know. But Josh made a mistake. He let his guard down. He forgot his calling. But Barney, Barney will never do that. And Lucinda? Uh, Somehow, I think. She was part of Josh's death.
0: Christ, you're insane. And I walked outside as the sun was setting, turning the autumn air a faint gold. I walked around the junk and the debris of the yard. I passed a row of fish tanks clogged with algae and weed, and rusted car parts, a washing machine drum. Set apart by some trees, there's an old bathtub. If you're online now, I'd like you to visit this website, theflickerman.com. That's my website built for this project, theflickerman.com. Spell Flickr with an E between the K and the R as you normally would. When you get there, click on Images, Episode 3. Go, go on, do it. The theflickerman.com, Images, and Episode 3. It'll give you all the links to the Flickr images, to the pictures of the bathtub and the rest of them. We're going to use that site for some of the harder-to-find pictures. A bathtub sitting in the middle of a field. I guess it had been there for some time, what with the rust and the weeds growing over it. It was getting dark when I looked into it, and there were a few leaves and a stag beetle circling inside. I lifted the beetle out and then settled in, leaned back and closed my eyes. Silence. For the first time that day, silence. I stretched my legs out, Relax my toes, my fingers, let go, and slept.
1: Cornelius, wake up. Cornelius. Hey, Cornelius. You're missing her, aren't you?
0: Yeah. More well, than you can understand.
1: Perhaps I can.
0: I've, I've lost control of everything. That can be good, you know. She normally looks after everything. After me, I... I let it happen. And it works. Though. Now she's gone, I've Something's wrong She's escaping something Josh knew about it He understood what it was And now he's dead (sighs) I think she knew he was going to die
1: Did he? Huh? Did he know he was going to die?
0: No Actually Actually I don't know That last night He he said he needed to talk to me He he needed me He said that that I was important Come on
1: You shouldn't sleep out here. There's a couch and blankets. Come on, inside.
0: I cried out in the night. Well, I think I did. I think I woke, coated in sweat and I felt a presence in the room. Someone, someone there. But then, then I slept. Next picture, Coffee Anyone? That's the title you're searching for. Coffee Anyone, question mark, or click on image five on the website. My coffee the next morning. Well actually, not my coffee, but the pot I was gonna use. The picture is just of old coffee compacted at the bottom of a pot in close-up. And there's a hole dug into the middle of it. The morning went like this. Cooking smells hit my nose and I wake. Light is on me, and I'm warm, and I'm fine. Then my ankle aches, and I realise my nose hurts and it hits me. It all hits me in a wave. I decide I need to eat.
1: Ah, there you are, at last. Come in, come in. I'll cook you up something.
0: The kitchen is spartan and friendly. Cape with dirt, but somehow I liked it.
1: Make yourself a coffee, over there. Excuse the mess.
0: I go to the sink.
1: You know... You really should get in contact with that girl of yours.
0: Barney
1: probably doesn't think so. Ah, what does he know?
0: (laughs) There are just grinds in the cafetiere.
1: I mean, have you ever seen him with a woman?
0: I pull the plunger out and look inside.
1: No, exactly.
0: Look at the picture. You see what I saw. Just a mass of damp coffee grinds. At the bottom, there, where they hollow out, there was a small square of plastic curled into a loose tube. Type this and you'll see what I saw. Poly ID. All one word. P-O-L-Y I D. The poly ID. That's what I found buried in those grinds. Now I have no idea of what a poly ID is, but this is a picture of one. It's about an inch square, see-through, made of plastic, and has around its edges what look like circuit board lines that work in towards a barcode in the centre. It's a kind of technological thing. I dig it out of the coffee and wipe it.
1: You OK there, Cornelius? Huh? You're very quiet.
0: I slip it into my shirt pocket.
1: You don't look impressed with my kitchen hygiene? Um,
0: no,
1: it's not that. Ah, you're just taking it all in. You take your time. I'll cook you some eggs.
0: And I ate eggs. And I didn't tell anyone about the poly ID. I don't know why, but I thought it was meant for me. That I was meant to find it. Later on, Barney joined us and we were eating together.
2: Hey, 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 here we go. It's a text. Don't answer it. Why? Satellite tracking. You we'll Give our position away. Ah, oh, be off with
1: you.
0: She wants to meet me. She wants to explain where she's been.
1: Yes, I bet she does. Oh, come on, leave him alone.
0: China, China, China at two. China, China, China? It's a restaurant, a Chinese cafe in town. We're coming with you. No, you're not. You need backup. Let me explain something to you, Barney. Lucinda and I are having a relationship. Something you might not know much about. She has something important to say to me. It's between us. And the last person on this planet she or I want there is you. Understood? Hmm. I'm still coming. She doesn't even like you. I'm still coming. No. Bonnie, these are real people with real emotions. It's not part of your fancy world. This is real life. Oh,
1: come on. Settle down. I've got a
0: solution. Thanks, Travis.
1: I'll come along as well.
0: So that's how I came to be sat in a Chinese restaurant that afternoon, biting my nails watching the clock.
1: Soft-shelled crabs?
2: What are soft-shelled crabs? Well, don't get them here. I know a fisherman on the seafront.
1: I can get them for your trade. Really? Well, I can get you 20 kilos for cost. What do I want 20 kilos of crabs for? I'm Jewish.
0: While listening to Barney and Travis bickering at the table behind
1: me. Hey, them. Cornelius. I'm kind of getting the feeling that you really
2: don't want us here.
1: Yeah, you're kind of feeling right. Hey, Barney, leave the man alone. Come on, big fella.
2: He's going through a lot. Hey, Cornelius. Uh,
0: Don't talk to me.
2: Cornelius, she's here. (sighs) Yeah,
0: and she was, just standing in front of the table, poised, confident,
4: composed. Cornelius. Oh, and Barney. It's a pleasure to see you. Mm, you too.
0: Lucinda, sit down.
4: Okay. Why did you bring him?
0: I didn't. Look, he just followed me. He does that.
4: I wanted us to have a talk in private. Why here? Because the flat's too personal and I doubt anyone could speak English in this place. I thought it'd be private. What happened to your nose?
0: I got into a fight. (sighs) Don't don't look at me like that. Things have been pretty bad. I mean, all that business with Josh at the party and then after the accident and you weren't home and then you didn't call. I was worried about you. Of
4: course you were. Of course you were. Look, let's order and I'll explain. I'll explain everything.
0: And so that's exactly what she did. We ordered and she explained everything. Every concern I had, every statement or accusation or theory or worry, had dissolved before her calm rationalism. The world was as she said it was. And it was simply not worth debating the issue.
4: There was a side of Josh you didn't know, that few people knew. He had problems, you know, issues. Everyone's
0: got issues, Lucinda. Everyone. It's just you don't get killed for them. No,
4: you don't understand. Josh's bravado, his call, it was a cover. He had money problems, drug problems, family problems, the works.
0: And the more she spoke, the more the story grew and grew. it
4: all to do with Josh, Cornelius.
0: Josh was was into coke. He dealt coke. He dealt coke with some bad, bad people. He owed some bad, bad people a lot of money.
4: You know how his brother got killed?
0: Well, he he didn't mention Yeah,
4: he was a rent boy and he ripped off the wrong customer.
0: On and on, she spun out a whole web of woe with Josh at the centre.
4: You have to understand, his family were hard people. Hard. The worst kind of people. That was why he was here, living down on the coast, trying to escape them.
0: except they followed him here. Exactly.
4: His old life followed him here. You saw Andy at that party. He was out of control, completely gone. He was sent to take out Josh and ended up killing himself into the bargain.
0: I paused and looked at her, and she looked at me. I didn't want to meet her eyes. I looked down. There was a glass on the table with a plant in it. I looked up. I had to trust her. Type in the following, Venus flytrap. It is, as the title suggests, a picture of a Venus flytrap. A top-down view of the carnivorous plant in an electric blue glass bowl. It's the view I had as I spoke to Lucinda. Why you? Why me? Why did he tell you all this?
4: You're not jealous, are you?
0: No, that would be... Well, I don't think so. I looked down at the plant and carefully removed the lid to its pot as I listened to her. His
4: world was coming apart. His own family wanted him dead and he was panicking.
0: And slowly, inevitably... A fly stuck to circle the table.
4: He was an estate and I wanted to keep you away from him.
0: Closing in on the fleshy fronds of the trap.
4: To protect you from him, from the, from his family.
0: And the fly lands by my fingers and I did not move to stop it.
4: But now it's too late. You're involved, I'm involved, they've seen you at Andy's flat, they know us.
0: And it walks to the tips of the leaves.
4: I think, I think we have to leave town.
0: And slowly but surely, the trap begins to close.
4: We have to start again, a new life to be safe.
0: You've done that before, haven't you?
4: What do you mean?
0: Left everything, started a new life. This this isn't the first time.
4: Well, when I left home, I suppose, but it, it isn't. No, like I know that. why
0: he came to you. I know about your family, about how you have to leave them.
4: What do you mean? I, I haven't left my family.
0: No, I. I mean, I know about your real family. I know about your sister. Silence from her. The one they took you away from? The the sister you told Josh about? I heard it all. When you were at the lighthouse in Norfolk, I was there. I, I heard. She gives me a blank stare. You told him about your sister. About how you missed her. She's dumbstruck. I've, I've known about it all those years. I didn't say anything because it didn't matter to me. I love you as you are. But I've always known. No. What happened, Lucinda? What, what happened to your family?
4: That was all a lie, Cornelius. There is no other family. I, I told it. I, I made it up to make Josh feel better. Feel look, as as it as I... I've seen the
0: picture. The, the picture of you with your sister. I think
4: This is a terrible mistake. No, it's
0: not. I, I know it's not. Please don't deny it. I found that picture of you and her. And look, I've, I've something to show you. And I pull the picture. The photo I'd found at Andy's out of my pocket. I push it over the table. If you're following this online, it's two four zero three dash zero four. We use the link on the website. It's the Polaroid, the blurred Polaroid of a girl walking past the camera. Lucinda's sister. I found it at Andy's flat, hidden. It's her, isn't it? She nods, eyes filling with tears. He was surveying us, you and Josh, anyway. There. There were pictures of me, what were well, a picture of us and, and this.
4: It, it shouldn't have been there. Lucinda,
0: what's happening? Please, you you have to explain what's happening.
4: Cornelius. Something's very wrong. Very, very wrong. You shouldn't have this. You can't have this.
0: I look at her, and there is fear in her eyes. Fear and confused panic. All the calm, all the knowing control has gone.
4: On, Elias. Get out. Now! Run! Run! Get out!
0: And then... And then everything started to happen very slowly. I stand. Lucinda screams again. Run! Run! And she pulls me. She pulls me out of my seat and throws me towards the door. I look back. Barney and Travis are standing as well. They're staring at me. And everyone else in the restaurant is standing. At once. A hand had reached on my jacket and it closes on my collar and I swipe it away. Get out! No! And I feel another hand grabbing for my throat and I turn it to a woman. A smartly dressed Chinese woman trying to stop me, trying to stop me leaving. A man has thrown himself at Lucinda, grabbing her mouth and pushing her to the floor. And Barney is standing and hands are grabbing at him. And Travis is biting wildly, like an animal, biting and thrashing. There's blood in the air. Glass smashes. I'm running for the door. Travis is beside me, and there's a look in his eyes, a wildness, and I'm frightened of him. Oh He's grabbed me, pulling me into the room, but then two huge palms push us out of the door and slam us into the street. Barney is filling the door. Go! Yeah, go. go! Go! He's bracing himself on the frame, facing us. Three, no, no, four Chinese men cling to him, pulling at him. Climbing us back, trying to bring him down. Oh no, get out of here! And we're running. Travis and I are running. Arms, legs pumping hard, breathing, dodging and running like wind. Across the steam, past the pavilion, through the tourists, across town. I look behind once and see Barney roaring in defiance as he's pulled over into massive arms and legs. We run, and we run, and we run. Type in the following. Studies in flight. Okay? Just, just type it in. Studies in flight in flight a stone wall a a portion of a green tree and and pigeons in flight 20 maybe 30 pigeons launching themselves into the air at once beautiful feathers and and wings perfectly poised and balanced each one caught in a different moment a different pose flight we ran through them we must be just out of shot here in this picture they exploded around us and when they cleared I I fell to the ground my ankle had given way
1: up, up now. Keep moving. Travis
0: lifts me, pulls me from the ground.
1: Side of the church. Come on, hold on to
0: me. Across the street is St Peter's Church, isolated on all sides by streams of traffic. I don't know. I that, I? He can take care of himself. Then above the traffic, piercing our fear, oh. we hear a cry. Oh God, Vanel! A figure in orange, with a patch over one eye, swerving and dodging through the traffic. Vanel, oh. this is an unfairly bad thing to be happening. And we hobble and run as best we can to the church, to the long wooden steps that lead us to the bell tower. Velo all the time is closing on us. Try this photo. Perspective. Actually, link it off the website again. You'll never find it otherwise. It's a picture of a man, a blond man in shades, squatting on a platform just below the bell tower of St Peter's Church. He's 20 or 30 feet above us, posing calmly for the photo. a a steep ladder of black steps with a white handrail rises from the base of the photo to the platform. Travis pushed me up that ladder, Velo closing in on us all the while. I pull myself up, firing my ankle as I did so. When I'm 10, maybe 15 feet up, the door at the top opens, and I look down, and Velo is at the bottom. And a blond man, the blond man in the picture, walks onto the platform above. He strides out and stands, legs apart at the top, waiting for us. He is not smiling now. He is not relaxed. His whole demeanour is filled with deadly intent. Beneath us, Velo is climbing, and above us, the man stands, waiting. I stop. Travis stops. The blonde man lifts something from his pocket and levels it at me. A gun, a camera. Velo grabs Travis's ankles and pulls. Travis screams, and then, and then... And then the whole world is ripped to pieces. Type in this, inward car explosion dash 25. Inward, wherever that is, car explosion dash 25. A line of three burnt out cars. They're back onto the church, but you can't see that in the picture. You can't see the ladder either, or a fraction of the destruction wrought as they ignited and a red, fiery, billowing mass exploded from them. Each vehicle is blackened, windows blown out debris spilling onto the surrounding pavements. This is the only sign I can find of what happened in town that day, the only piece of information related to the explosions at St Peter's Church. And even then it's labelled as having happened in somewhere called Inwood. I didn't see it happen. All I saw was a burst of red and yellow and orange that billowed and balled in front of me. It was almost beautiful. It was beautiful. Type in sacred... Fire tree. Type it into Flickr. Sacred fire tree. Leaves, red, orange, maybe some yellow leaves, filling the air above me. Absolutely beautiful. Just slightly lightly shaking in the breeze. The most vibrant, wonderful colors. And I'm lying in the park and it's the day after a party. I've still got my fancy dress on, the mummy outfit Lucinda dressed me in. I can feel the bandages around my head and my arms. She's sitting beside me, humming to herself. I can hear Josh laughing in the distance and I'm waking up from a deep sleep. I must have been dancing because my limbs ache and I must have been drinking because my head hurts. But that's to be expected. It was a good party. And Travis's face fills my view. Travis, with his funny teeth and nose and smile, block out that beautiful picture. And I hear sirens, and I taste blood, and I smell burning. And everything, everything hurts.
1: Ah, there you are, boy. It's good to have you back. You were gone for a while there. What happened? I think... I think someone just tried to blow us up.
0: We're in a park. I lift myself as best I can. Some people are staring at us, but most are standing, looking in the same direction, towards smoke. Smoke rising from above the trees.
1: The church is on fire. We've got to move on. I'll get the car. You just stay here.
0: Where is here?
1: Queen's Park, half a mile or so from the church. You were out cold, thrown from the stairs. Uh, am I hurt? Uh, hurt, hurt. Uh, yeah, well. Don't be too quick to look in the mirror for a while. Just bruises, I think, and a bit of blood. i bandaged your arm. The others? Well, the big fella at the bottom. Well, I'd say he was looking a wee bit toasty by the time I left. Your lad at the top? No idea. Maybe he got away, maybe he didn't. Just now, he's not our problem. Getting you someplace safe is.
0: I don't know where's safe anymore.
1: I'm not going to the barn. I figure it's too obvious. They'll be there. Don't look so worried. You stay put and have a little think, and I'll fetch the car.
0: And he left me. And I looked at the trees. And I thought about Lucinda, about the panic in her eyes when she saw the picture of her sister. And I thought about the explosion and Velo and Barney, and I knew I needed to hide to go to ground and work all this out. We should look for Barney. Oh, he'll probably come
1: looking for us. Probably find us just when we don't want him. That's Barney for you.
0: Then we should make sure he can find us. What was that? We should make sure he can find us. Hey, look. Have you heard of Helling Eye Hospital? No. Should I? I thought you might have. It's an old mental asylum. (laughs) Thanks. No, I I, I didn't mean that. Barney liked it there. He, He met me there... yesterday. He said he felt safe there. Barney feels safe
1: in an old mental asylum. Yeah.
0: Figures? We got to Hellingley and it was still light. I think I was beginning to go into shock. The pain and the adrenaline had carried me through but now it was time to shut down I began photographing everything we were doing photographing the building as Travis and I broke in like it was important that I capture everything for myself, for the future to remember this by here, if you're on Flickr look up the following go to search then click on search people then search for Cornelius Flickerman that's me I loaded those pictures up. Go on, take a look. Hellingley was imposing, a labyrinth of Victorian-built red-brick functionality, smashed and ruined by a decade of teenage boredom and fury, and yet, and yet it felt right, to enter a world, a whole other world that man had abandoned. There was a, a peace there, in this place, out of time and out of the way of mankind. Go online when you have the time and look at the photos I took. You can see where we went and you can read about what happened to us that afternoon. We settled in the main hall. Travis left me for a while and I dozed fitfully. He returned with aspirin and bandages. I think I'd broken a finger, chipped a teeth. There were bruises, a cut above my eye and a disturbing lump on my forehead. It started getting cold. He wrapped me in a musty blanket and cradled my head in his lap. And sleep slowly overtook me. What's that? Where? It's my phone. Shut it up. Darkness. My phone buzzing brightly in my pocket. I flip it open. A video call. I didn't even know it could do that. I answer. Now, type this in. Type in the following phrase. You're either dipping your toe or drowning, comma, halfway to the bottom and instantly forgotten. Yeah, I know. Link off the Flickerman site if you can't find it. Try it. You're either dipping your toe or drowning, comma, halfway to the bottom and instantly forgotten. That picture, with its extraordinarily long title. That picture is the same image I saw on my phone. It is of a woman. You can tell that, despite her face being covered by a hood. The strings are pulled up so high that you can only see her eyes and a few tufts of her dark hair. That's all I could see of her as she peered from the tiny screen of my phone. But that's all I needed. I knew who she was. Just from that slice of her face.
3: Cornelius, it's you, isn't it? Yes. Listen and listen carefully. This is important. No,
0: I know who you are.
3: That doesn't matter now. But
0: you're Lucinda's sister.
3: There isn't time. Listen to me. What?
0: Who are you? What's,
3: What's happening to you? Yes. That's where I'm trying to help. I'm sorry for what happened today. I'm sorry to have to hurt you, but that couldn't be avoided. You have to trust us. You've been guided to this point, to this moment. But I... would No, listen... If you want to begin to understand what's happening... If you want to have a chance of saving Lucinda... Then go to the ant in the garden and dig into it.
0: The mosaic ant? The one that Barney showed me?
3: Dig into it, under it. You'll find a container. You've got the key. You'll find answers in there. And something extra, something for you.
0: Can't you meet her? Meet me. Lucinda needs help.
3: I know. But there is nothing I can do... You and Travis must leave Hellingly tonight. Don't tell anyone where you are going. No one. Don't write it down. Don't blog it. Text it. Don't even speak it to each other. Just go. And Cornelius, be strong. You're important.
0: Wait. One thing. What? Your name. Josephine. And the image flicks out. I rest back on my heels, stunned. What? Or more like, who in God's name was that? Lucinda's sister. Oh, yeah, I know. Josephine, I heard. And the business about the ant. Yesterday, Barney showed me a mosaic of a red ant in in the gardens here. He said it held all the truths he needed to know. I I didn't think he was being literal.
1: He's not your literal kind of fella. So what do we do? We do what the lass said to do. We dig it up and we
0: find what we find. We find what we find. Have you got any tools? He did, well, an old mallet and a screwdriver. Uh, I want you to see the ant again. Barney's ant from before. If you're on Flickr, type in red ant mosaic. It's the one uploaded in March 2008. Or we'll use the website link, of course. Barney's red ant. A mosaic of an ant in red square tiles set into white stone. It's what, two or three feet long? You can't tell that from the photo. It's part of a design at the heart of the asylum's overgrown gardens. The paving slabs around it are broken and cracked, Though you can't tell that from the photo. It's how we managed to lift it. Wedging a branch under and Travis stretching his wiry frame to lever up the weight of the stone.
2: Come on, boy.
3: Come on. There. Shh. Down, down.
0: A light. Distant flashlight. Moving. Then a pause. Then it moves. I see him for a second. Security patrol. Was he where? How would I know? Of hope not. And he moves off, and we return to the ant and start scrapping and, and digging and, and scratching in the dirt. Let's not get caught. Let's not get caught. Let's not get caught. Let's, let's... Shit! Here it is. A box. No, no not a box. A, a smooth, perfectly smooth black cylinder. No hinges, no, no lid, no obvious way in. What's it made of? I, I don't know. It's a some kind of pollen. Uh, how'd you open it? I don't know. Quick, turn around. Shh. And in the dark, I run my hands over the top of that cylindrical tube, the, the smooth conical end, and I find a slot, incredibly thin and about an inch across, a hole, a keyhole. I have the key. She said that. I have the key. And she knows I have it. And then I understand. The poly-ID. The square of plastic I found in the grinds of used coffee that morning. I pull it from my shirt pocket and slot it into the cylinder. And it opens. Inside there are papers. Documents. Bundled tightly. I just told Travis to drive and he did. He didn't tell me where. I didn't ask. I open the cylinder. In my hands were answers. What's inside?
1: Come on, what you got there?
0: flicker type in the following poster session comma conference comma american society of human genetics it's a picture of a man a balding man with straggly dark hair and a dark beard with his back to the camera there is a board in front of him with a poster on it and he is writing on it with a ballpoint pen this is the only picture i have ever seen of barney he must have been taken some time ago because he doesn't have the dreadlocks. But there he is, at a, at a human genetics conference. Look, read what it says underneath the photo if you're online. This man rescued the human genome project is the opening line. They've given them a different name, but it's Barney. When I unpacked the cylinder, it was the first thing I saw. It fell into my lap along with a bunch of other photos. Barney at a conference, uh, Barney s- surfing, Barney Barney on stage. Is that Jerry Garcia? No shit. Let's see. There, look. Looks like him, doesn't it? Oh, well, 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 the old devil. Well, what else you got? The papers, let's see. Look. Looks, looks like shares. A- Apple
1: shares. Hey, Barney's got shares in Apple. Well, he said he had. How much are they worth? I
0: don't know, I can't make sense of all this. There seem to be a lot of zeros here. <laughs> the old dog. Why didn't he tell us? He
1: did, didn't he? We just didn't believe him. Well, what else is there?
0: Uh, some paper about genetics. A code for some kind of human genome browser. It's, it's got his name on it. He's full of surprises, that one. Okay, We've, we've got a fold of documents here. Uh, the sealed. What do you mean? There's a wax seal, like he, like he hasn't opened it. Or
1: wants to protect but it.
0: Stranger and stranger. Let's see. Look, blueprints of it. Nuclear reactors.
1: Nuclear reactors,
0: cooling towers, pictures of lots of cooling towers. With what does it mean?
1: Don't try and guess with Barney. You know, the waters run deep with that one.
0: You're not kidding me. Okay, let's see. I've got an envelope,
1: an envelope with my name on it. Uh huh.
0: That's not Barney's handwriting.
1: Well, come on, open it.
0: And I do. Inside, there is a sheet of A4 paper. I unfold it and read image one Brighton Pier image two SD Atano image three fridge image four jewel in the sun now becoming shade and down the page forty-five images listed each has a title and under each title there is a URL and the last one read poster session conference American Society of Human Genetics all of them were from a website I hadn't heard of a website called Flickr. And that's what happened. That's all I know. Travis and I looked up the photos and decided to record this as best we could. And this is our reply, our attempt to redress the balance. We've been here for a while. We've got the the facilities, food, even this recording kit. I I can't or or won't tell you where. That I will not risk. There's been no sign of Lucinda or Barney or Josephine or any reports about the fire at the church in the press. So, we're going to have to piece this together on our own, build the picture, and that's where you come in. You, the listener. This is an appeal directly to you to help me sort through all of this, through everything that's happened to me these last few days. This is an appeal to you, to help me make sense of this. An appeal to you, to help me.
1: Man episode three. Written by Lance Dan, with Al Beals as Cornelius, Al Gilchrist as Barney, Doug Devaney as Travis, Laura Martin Simpson as Lucinda, and Martina Clark as Josephine. The sound recordist was Jim Horn. The music was composed by Hywel Payne, Martin Tisdall, Mark Durham, Rohan Krivacek, and James Goddard. The website design was by Philip Busman. The director was Lance Dan, and the producer was Simon James. The Man was a Panic Boy production. For further information, log on to www.theflickerman.com.
5: Okay, that was The Flickerman, theflickerman.com. Go send Cornelius some loves. See if we can get him to come out of the woodwork, huh? Uh, we'd love to hear what he is up to next. Um, anywho, also make sure that you check out the blog, radiodramarevival.com. Uh, you'll, of course, find a link to subscribe to the podcast, archives of previous episodes, reviews, the Malia series by Chris Duger, my weekly column, Fred's Fuse. And while you're there, please join the conversation, leave a comment. Um, you can also find us on iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. Um, that wraps up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by Fred Greenhalge. Copyright of individual shows remains to their original producers, that do please share the show as much as you'd like. Radio Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio. Uh, it is also podcast at revival.com It's a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week.